0: You're listening to Old-Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here are your hosts, Christy, Amber, and Scott.
1: Hey, it's Old-Timey Crimey. I'm Christy. I'm Scott. And I'm Amber. And we are back here again for part two of Theo Durant. But first, rays of light. Guys, what are your rays of light? Uh, Scott.
0: Uh, I got an unusual amount of Transformers this week.
1: <laughs> an unusual amount of Transformers. So what is a usual amount? Like two or three? Okay, so what's unusual? Uh, wait, wait, we should guess. We should guess. Amber, we should guess. Six. Uh, Nine. Eighteen.
2: Oh! <laughs> if this is The Price is Right, Christy just won.
0: <laughs> One of them is a giant monkey that plays music.
2: That's a Transformer?
0: Yeah. Yeah, hold on here. I'll play the little bit of music for you here. Hold on.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Lovely.
0: There we go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Amber, what's your ray of light? Um, uh, my ray of light is today is my anniversary.
0: Oh, happy, happy anniversary.
2: anniversary. So, I owe you money. <laughs> <laughs> So uh yeah 9 years ago Scott dressed up as the pope and uh married my husband and I. This is Princess m- Bride style. Yeah. Princess Bride style and Christy was uh one of my bridesmaids. So yeah, it's uh we've we've known each other a long ass time.
0: We absolutely <laughs> have. Oh god, best wedding ever.
2: Absolutely. I
1: love the pictures from that because you can see me just desperately trying not to burst out laughing at Scott's princess <laughs> Bride marriage. Mowage. He did the whole thing.
2: It was amazing, you guys. It was, I think the wedding was four minutes long, and a lot of people to this day don't think I'm married. <laughs> yep. so yeah. I guess that's my ray of light. I got to order food because it's my anniversary. So, hooray. <laughs> My
1: ray of light, I guess, would be um, I'm, I'm missing physical therapy for my back. I, I stopped it so that if I have to have a surgery or something, I have a few sessions left over afterwards. But I've been kind of doing my at-home version of physical therapy where I do, like, the heating pad in the TENS unit for a ridiculously long amount of time. And Jackson actually has been learning some um, massage techniques to take care of that part of it. And he'll, like, you know, massage with some some Tiger Balm on my back. So. Um, and then I, of course I do my exercises and my stretches, like a good little um, half paralyzed girl. <laughs> I'm not half paralyzed, but my back hurts a lot. So yeah, just uh, Jackson uh, learning those, those, you know, little techniques and everything I, 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 so many times he's been massaging me, and I'm like, that feels a lot like what they do at physical therapy. So he's doing a really good job, and uh, it's it's not necessarily improving, but it's keeping me above water, I guess we could say. So that that's my ray of light is uh, at home physical therapy, where I can do the the heat and stim part, as they call it, for more than 20 minutes.
2: Ah, <laughs> and props to Jackson because that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's really helpful to have that just, you know, and especially like loosens me up right before the exercises and the stretches. So it helps me I to
2: sit in my chair for long periods of time, which is I, bet, I bet good. he also also likes to help you with the uh, stretches. He, he does not mind. No. <laughs> So
1: I have absolutely no way of getting from A to B in this segue. So we're just going to dive right into part two of Theo Durant, making up for my good swooping uh, segue last week by <laughs> uh, completely failing this week. So just to recap, uh, Theo Durant is our prime suspect here. Uh, Blanche Lamont remains missing. Last seen at the church with him. Minnie Williams' body has been found in a closet, very badly abused and stabbed and uh, just really in horrible condition. Uh, And the police have searched Theodorant's house. They found Minnie's pocketbook in his coat pocket. I
0: just Uh, realized Theodorant, the way you said it, Theodorant almost sounds like the deodorant. (laughs)
1: That's true, yeah I didn't think of it that way So we've got, the way I'm saying names in this particular little series Is either Star Wars or uh, names of hygiene products Okay (laughs) We had Auntie T last week (laughs) So, and uh, he is at his Signal Corps exercises out on Mount Diablo Which I I don't think we've gotten to yet, but we're about to Uh, So, that is where we are So on Easter Sunday, services at the church are canceled, but the police search isn't because it is about time for the world's worst Easter egg hunt. I know I made that joke last week. I'm hanging on to it. I'm I'm running this one into the ground, guys. All right. (laughs) And they find in uh, in a gallery right under the belfry, they find a naked woman's body. Now, it's really interesting to compare the condition of this body to the previous body found, because as we said, Minnie's body was horribly abused. She suffered a lot before death and was left, uh, you know, just very much without any care. That's not what we see here. This body is posed uh, with legs together, arms crossed over the chest. There's blocks under the head as pillows and the hair is fanned out around her. It's very, you know, ethereal and angelic. There is bruising on her throat, uh, but she has not been uh, sexually assaulted. And then the Easter egg hunt continues. For other things, like they find uh, hidden in the belfry, her clothes, which were torn, a hatchet, which it was posited might have been put there for future use for dismemberment and possible disposal. They find her school books and... As far as the body is concerned, they take her down uh, for into the lower parts of the church. And this, a weird thing is said here that I don't quite believe. It's said that in the belfry where it's colder, keep in mind it's, it's April, she is uh, white as marble. But as soon as they take her down to the warmer parts of the church, she turns black. Black, which okay. So, liver mortis is where the blood settles uh due to gravitation after after death. You know, if you're laying on your back, it'll settle you know in your your uh, uh, underside, and the reverse if you're laying on your stomach. I really think that they just lifted her up and got her to somewhere with better lighting, and then they were like, "Oh, well, look, she's turning black." But she had she had been there for for well over a week. So, what do you guys think?
0: I don't think they probably went. Oh, look, she's turning black. She they probably went. Ugh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that might have been it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty brutal and rough So just then uh, As a refresher, Blanche had been lig- Living with her Uncle Charles and her aunt The, the God, Trifina, <laughs> Auntie <laughs> T Auntie T Also, also seen on Hoth
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those chicken walkers, right? <laughs> yeah, I think
1: so <laughs> and so he, her uncle charles he shows up to the church on another errand he had actually uh gotten a, a a telegram at his house or a piece of mail something like that that was meant for somebody at the church so he was bringing it down to the church you know doing the right thing and they're like we got a body we might need you to identify and that's pretty rough so I he does was identify- trying
2: to deliver the mail here. Is- can you come look at this corpse yeah, while you're here, so. Quick
0: before it turns blacker. But-
2: <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: meanwhile, we have Theo Durant at his Signal core exercise on Mount Diablo. Very ironic.
0: That's thunder. <laughs>
1: yeah. And they're doing this exercise where they're experimenting with heliography, which is where they use mirrors to send Morse code over long distances. You get the reflection of the sun off the mirror and it shines somewhere else. And that's, you know, you do that, you know, long, long, short, whatever. And they get a message on the heliography. Uh, I believe it's on the heliography. Bugler Durant is to be arrested. Police on their way. Smoke and they signals basically- are incoming. <laughs> Watch out for that carrier pigeon. He's going to hit you right in the head. (laughs) They actually sent a message back that was the the 19th century equivalent of what? (laughs) Keep in mind, Theo was well-loved by everyone, so they thought there must be some mistake. But the police sent back, uh, we're coming to arrest your guy. Keep him there. So they arrest him for the murder of Minnie Williams. Uh, Detective Anthony was there for the arrest. He at the time didn't know about uh, Blanche Lamont's body being found. Theo's comment upon being arrested is, well, I'm innocent.
0: Prove it. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: So say they all. Yeah, there's nobody in jail that's like, I did it. (laughs) So
1: he is ferried back to San Francisco he's taken off the ferry and there are hundreds of people already waiting to gawk and yell uh, he's being called the demon of the belfry people are yelling get him hang him you know the usual uh, mob mentality Then it's like well how about how about try him how about legal system let's do that boo legal system
0: yay lynching <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> the legal system doesn't Sorry, I was going to say lynching is just way more fun.
0: It really is. You get a crowd together. There's usually a fire. and <laughs> You know, really, it's like a party with a murder in the middle of it.
1: Murder of usually somebody who didn't deserve it because the justice system had no chance. It still doesn't. That is true. So the people are freaking out. The newspaper is, of course, keep in mind the timing here. It's not too long after Jack the Ripper, so they are making Jack the Ripper comparisons. You guys feel maybe a long Jack the Ripper series sometime this summer? I feel that. I've been feeling it lately.
0: Yeah. I feel like we're ready for Jack the Ripper, but is Jack the Ripper ready for us? No, never.
2: (laughs) I think I can run for his money. I think you could. Of all of us, you definitely
1: could. So the church is actually threatened. People are catching the old firebug. They want to go over there and just like burn that shit down. And they don't. Uh, the, the insurance is uh, promptly canceled. Uh, nobody wants to insure that and there's still no direct evidence to substantiate the murder charge. With the pocketbook, that's the, probably the closest we have as yet. And first he said, well, I held it for her while we were on a date, and I just forgot to give it back. You know, those things slip your mind. Then after that, his next story was, well, I just I just found it. I just, It was just somewhere, and I found it, and I put it in my pocket. And uh, his next story was, It just showed up in my pocket. I have no idea how it got there. So stories are a-shifting.
0: This is obviously from Hogwarts. It apparated.
2: Yes. Don't you know what apparating is?
0: I heard a loud boom, and all of a sudden, it was there in my pocket.
2: I often find weird things in my pocket, but uh, I don't know where they come from. You
0: absolutely (laughs) would. I do not doubt that for a second.
2: That's actually true. Yeah. No, I do often find weird things in my pockets, but usually my kids did it. I was going to say, I think we can solve this mystery pretty quickly. Children. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I have to hold on to, like, pretty rocks and dead flowers all the time. So I find weird stuff in my pockets.
1: (laughs) So Theo does get a good defense team going, despite a lack of money. His family isn't particularly well off. Keep in mind, his father is a shoemaker. Uh, his One of his fellow signal corpsmen uh, did some pro bono work for him and also managed to wrangle a good uh, criminal defense lawyer on the team. The DA basically has to choose one of these two cases because there's two murders. So you can't try both at the same time. So you have to pick the one that you think is going to most likely do the job. And. You do have the second one as a backup, you know. Uh, so the but you really want to go 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 hard the first time, you know. So <laughs> so the, do I.
2: <laughs> 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 and the second, and the third, <laughs> all the times.
0: <laughs> Every once in a while, the fourth time or fifth time can be gentle, but you know it's,
1: no. it's all about
0: butt plugs and rope.
1: So the DA decides <laughs> on the Lamont case because there are so many witnesses. I mean. You can basically trace them a- a- across the city, going from her school to the church with people seeing them. It's like a Google Maps timeline, but with people. Even one of his best friend's grandmother, who came forward, was like, "Finally!" She took a little while, but she came forward. She was like, "I also saw them together." Ew. Jury select, yeah, Fuck you, <laughs> jury Grandma. selection. Yeah. <laughs> jury selection begins and it takes 6 weeks. Jury selection, not the trial. Jury selection. They interviewed over 1000 potential jurors. Imagine being
0: but- imagine being like one of the 12 that got picked. Like you're too stupid to get out of jury duty from over 1000 people.
2: Yeah. But you know what? It was, it was so highly publicized at the time, at least bits of it, that they wanted somebody that didn't know about it or, and didn't already have like these preconceived notions of what happened. Because even now the media spins stuff in such a way that, I mean, a, a lot of people just believe it, even if it's only a half truth.
0: That's exactly yeah, a lot of, like, then, crazy you- Jim who lives in the woods. <laughs> who no, there? you
2: want crazy Jim. You want crazy Jim crazy jim doesn't give a fuck this is that's true. who you want
1: uh, this crazy jim does not read the news
2: <laughs> but that's what you want you want somebody that hasn't read the news and decided their opinion already
1: yeah absolutely yeah so they have to screen for that and and screen for you know just the people who just assume that because somebody has been uh arrested that they're automatically guilty and then i've i've been pulled in for jury selection a couple of times and when it was a criminal trial you know they also asked uh do you you know, if, if somebody does not testify in their own defense, as everybody has a right to, to decline that. And then actually, most lawyers will, uh, the, the vast, vast majority of, lo- of lawyers will say, don't do it. It's a bad idea.
0: Listen, Eddie, you know, and I know that you've got three working brain cells and they're on very opposite sides of your head. I think it would be just a good idea for you to shut the fuck up because if you get up <laughs> there, you're going to say something
1: that, Eddie, Eddie, pay attention. Eddie, over here. Come on, boy. I guarantee you that exact conversation has happened at some point in time in history.
0: I can almost guarantee it. I think it's happened to me.
1: So, yeah, they, they want somebody who's not prejudiced against somebody who won't stand up for their own defense. And the, the one that I was uh, at a selection for, it actually, another question was, you know, uh, regarding the defendants mounting their own defense and and going without lawyers. And so, you know, would you be prejudiced against that? So, yeah, it was definitely interesting. But they were going to pick two alternates for the first time in California. They had never done this in California. They were like, this is it. This is the trial. This is the day we're going to do this. But then six weeks went by and a thousand jurors and they were like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I never want to hear the word jury again. Let's just not. So they didn't. The trial is not until September, which uh, jury selection was in July, so that gave lots of time for the cops to investigate and the press to report and for people to come forward with stories. Now, a lot of people are still saying they're still on Theo's side. He's just the nicest boy in the world. We love him. We trust him. He helps his fellow man. Heck, the church gave him a key. That's how much they trust him. They don't just give any murderer off the street a key.
0: You have to be a a member of the church uh, and a murderer to get a key. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And but then there's other the, the the newspapers are all trying to outdo each other with wild tales. There's tons of speculation going on, and there are girls coming forward saying, "Okay, look, this guy propositioned me in in such disgusting terms that I didn't even tell my family because I was scared that my brother or my dad would grab the shotgun and go kill this guy." So, oh. yeah. It, there were lots of stories going on. And then we have this. Now, this comes from San Francisco historian Herbert Asbury. You laughed last time, Scott. <laughs> yes. Asbury. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> As- Asbury, Scott. Asbury.
2: <laughs> By like, the way, all
0: Sounds like a fetish term for hemorrhoids, doesn't it?
1: Oh
2: my god, that's horrifying. Honestly, I, I it was just like the more raunchy version of Dingleberries. So I hear Asberries and I'm just like, Yeah, it's it's when the poop gets stuck in your little butt hair. Oh boy, that's fun. Asperries. Uh, so this man whose name
1: you're you're having so much fun with, he actually also wrote uh, Gangs of New York, so And didn't wipe. Which, by the way, um, Gangs of New York, when they wrote the screenplay for it and it, it ended up, I can't remember if it was nominated for or won the award for screenplay, they had to do original screenplay. They couldn't do adaptation because so much of it was original and not an adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> so They didn't really stick to the original. <gasps> <laughs> so, okay, so this is a quote from him. For a year or so, during the early 1890s, Durant visited the brothels in San Francisco's Commercial Street several times a week. He always brought with him, in a sack or small crate, a pigeon or a chicken. And at a certain time during the evening's debauch, he cut the bird's throat and let the blood trickle over his body. Wiener blood. <laughs> now we know where Hans Schmick got the idea. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Kinky bastard. Which,
1: by the way, randomly... Hans Schmidt was one of the uh, trending articles on Wikipedia today. Really? Yeah, that was that was different. That was weird. I was surprised by that. It was all things that I expected, and then and the, or that had an explanation. Then I was like, "What the hell's Hans Schmidt doing here?"
2: No, it's just that we are all on a slow descent into madness, and we're starting to get a little darker. That is true. That is true. Speaking <laughs> of uh, descent <laughs> into madness and and
1: darkness, uh, somebody decided. I'm going to put on a play because of course they did. They titled it crime of the century. And the premise of this play is Satan is directing the killer through the murders. Uh, A judge was like, nah, nah. And said, uh, there's going to be an injunction here. The actors were like, yeah, maybe actually we will go ahead and do this. And they all were jailed. And another thing from, uh, If I'm remembering correctly, this is from Herbert Asbury. Quote, it may have been just as well. One observer said it was the worst play he had ever seen.
0: I want to think of Satan. I want to think of Satan as just like this guy like next to Durant going like, yes, yes, you should kill. No, don't do that with the chicken. Jesus Christ. (laughs) You're (laughs) depraved
1: even for me. Fuck,
0: man. Jesus. No, that chicken doesn't go there. Oh, God. (laughs) Why do you keep screaming if an egg can fit in there? Why can't I? I need to leave. (laughs) You're fucking sick.
1: (laughs) So the cops, they really did get tunnel vision here. It has to be said, they were riding the Theo Road all the way to the end. And any exits, you know, to potential other suspects, they were just ignoring those. Uh, They had they had lineups to bring people in and say whether or not it was Theo, but Theo was the only guy on the lineup. They were literally called one man lineups. (laughs) Is this the guy? Yep. Exactly. Basically. That's it. Is this the guy? Yep. Okay. Done. No comparison needed.
0: (laughs) You're going to jail now.
2: But you know, what? like anytime you see like a lineup on TV, the people always look vastly different from one another. So it's always like painfully obvious which one fits the description.
0: I was really yeah, hoping true. I was I was really hoping somebody else had that thing. Because honestly, I, I guess I'm a little bit facial blind because it, it really could be if you comb your hair a different way and you have a toothpick sticking out of your mouth, honest to God, I'm probably not gonna recognize you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now I know how to trick Scott. Yeah. Comb my hair <laughs> different way, get a toothpick. <laughs>
0: Say who is that strange lady in the corner? Tooth <laughs> toothpick comes, comes out and the hair flips the other side oh my god christy did you see that woman that was just here
2: she was just here what <laughs>
0: happened she disappeared
1: <laughs> so as always the crime scene is wrecked by all the nosy nellies coming in uh they never do find theo durant's clothes from the Minnie williams murder which would have been quite the piece of evidence because there was blood and there was quite a bit of it so they they that would have been pretty handy there i wonder if somebody somewhere (laughs) along with the pigeon i wonder if somebody somewhere had those clothes you know and kept them as a souvenir or if he just hid them well enough that they never found them
0: homeless jack gets a brand new pair of formerly blue trousers
2: but like (laughs) why wouldn't he burn them that's also a
1: possibility you know he got rid of them so well you know either hid them or burned them that's a good possibility yeah burning is definitely an option did he because, have a fireplace
2: i mean it it's in, in this day and age like didn't everybody at least have like a fire pit that they walk past absolutely. like
1: absolutely
0: absolutely that's something a that needs to be warming back.
2: his hands take off your pants and throw them in nobody's gonna think it's weird yeah <laughs>
1: nobody'll think that's weird also keep it Keep in mind he may have only had one shoe on at this point, so
2: <laughs> I, he might as well throw that in there too. Just walk on barefoot and move with no pants.
0: I once read a disturbing post about how to get away with hiding a body. And yeah, getting rid of your clothes was part of it.
2: Yes. You, you that's rid- one of the first things you do.
0: Right. You if uh, the glove
2: don't fit, you must have quit.
0: That's right. It involved uh yogurt, uh a roadkill dog, um, A file, multiple tools, and getting rid of your clothes.
1: Yeah, I don't even know all the details and I'm disturbed.
0: (laughs) And yogurt. yogurt? Live culture yogurt as well was in there.
1: Why do you need the yogurt? Uh, Because Because getting rid of a body is very excruciating and you need to fuel up. No, that's
0: what the energy drinks were for. The Uh, yogurt was actually to inject into the body uh, so that the live culture would decompose it quicker.
1: Oh, interesting! No, it Amber's... was it
0: was disturbing. It was honestly. That scribbling sound most... you
1: hear is Amber taking notes. Yes.
0: <laughs> and it was it was interesting because the guy said well, after you're done uh, getting rid of the body, you should file down the edges of the, your shovel and pick that you used so that any any strikes that you made against roots. Or, or against like rocks can't be matched up to the tools that you're using because you filed down the edge and now there's a new edge. Wow. Damn, that's thorough. This guy was incredibly thorough. The dead dog, he said, you're going to be out there for a while. You have to dig the hole at least seven feet deep and then cover it over and then two feet down. Once you get to the two foot mark, that's where you put the dead dog in and then cover it over. And then he said, just put a cross with leech on top of it, and it's going like, to look like a false hit whenever the dogs go out there. And he said they're going to give up at, at about the four-foot mark to look for the body. And they're just going to assume it's a, a false hit because the dog smelled the dead dog that you put in the grave.
1: My goodness, that's, that's a lot. Yeah.
2: And, and now Scott can never fly.
0: And now, well, I couldn't <laughs> before, but for different reasons. We,
2: the FBI is listening right now and they're like, I don't trust these people.
0: But we will not talk about those reasons now, will we?
2: Nope.
1: <laughs> so the police, as they're gathering evidence for Blanche Lamont's case, they start finding more connections to minis. We have people, uh, witnesses who saw them on the ferry landing, including his friends from the Corps and the M- Emmanuel Baptist janitor, they were spotted arguing outside the church at 8 p.m. the night before, the like the, the night she went missing. He was pleading, she was protesting, and then uh, a Russian upholsterer saw them entering the church uh, around that time. And then Theo left the church alone at 9 p.m. Not suspicious we ha- at all.
2: Not no. one bit.
1: Man and woman walk in, only the man walks out. I'm sure she's just praying. Then we have a lady reporter, Carrie Cunningham from the San Francisco. What? Grundle. I a know, right? They re- let ladies report. <laughs> a lady, lady
0: reporter. Oh, a lady reporter. Pretty soon they'll want to vote and make decisions <laughs> for themselves.
1: And own property.
2: <laughs> no.
0: I insist that all my news be written by men with wieners. Huge wieners. <laughs> let me inspect them to make sure. <laughs>
2: As long as they're not Bumpy Johnsons, right? Exactly.
0: No Bumpy Johnsons. (laughs) No Bumpy Johnsons.
2: Worst name ever. (laughs) What's your name? Herpes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know what we're talking about, make sure you listen to the old tiny crimey uh, from this week where Bumpy Johnson makes an appearance. So Carrie Cunningham cozies up to Theo and he just lays the whole story out. He says... I was just repairing or looking for a gas leak up around the belfry in the gallery. I heard a noise, so I went to go check it out. And there I found poor Blanche murdered and her two murderers standing over her. He kind of went a little back and forth on who those two murderers were. Uh, On the one hand, we have the Reverend of the church, uh, and a parishioner who was known to have, he was dressed in a similar style as Theo, or the Reverend and George King, the teenage organist that we, we mentioned last week. And they said, if you tell anyone, we will take it out on your mother. And then they put a spell on him. Booga, booga, booga. We'll
2: tell your mom. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And so he was very upset talking about it. He could, anytime she even said Blanche Lamont's name, he could barely stand to hear it spoken. And he made her swear that she wouldn't print it until he said that he gave his say so. And so she was like, well, you didn't say anything about going to the prosecutor. So, and up she went. (laughs) Now the defense tried to get a change in venue because of all this publicity, And the judge was like, all right, so I really need to hear every detail of why you think you should get a change in venue. So I would like you to read uh, the defense, to read aloud every exhibit you have of potential bias that the press might have caused with all their articles. So every article that you have included as an exhibit, I need you to read it aloud. This took two days of reading these articles. And then the judge was like, nope.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm throwing this out because I'm a dick
1: too. It kind of was a little bit of a dick move, I have to say. I mean, I'm not on Theo's side, but like you do that, you make somebody provide you all that proof. And if it's two days worth of proof, I would think that it would be enough.
0: Could you maybe, I, could you maybe said something at the eight hour
2: mark? No, like I imagine him just like pulling his journal out and just reading it to the whole jury, uh, like whining about how it's not fair. <laughs> and, and then after he's aired out the whole journal, the judge is like, "That was stupid." Like,
0: <laughs> I want to, I want to imagine like a like a California Valley girl from the eighties. That was stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> That's most so stupid. Objection, my honor. That's me. gavel <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: So Theo is outwardly very calm to the extent that people think he has no emotions and he's cold hearted. You guys still hear me? Yes. I can. Okay. Um, I thought that my uh, my little thing on my screen uh, made th- th- things. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> Never mind. I, just I still get it you dancing. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah, I, I, I thought that it danced when I talked, and I looked and it wasn't dancing, and now I just realized that it dances when you guys talk. <laughs> that
2: makes sense because i
1: don't see me dancing i only see you yeah so all right good that that was a moment of fear um <laughs> so uh yeah he, he's seen as very stone-hearted uh but it, it, essentially the family's like no he's just a really strong person and he's trying not to show any emotion he would break down sometimes in private uh he would the the Guards at the jail said he would wake up just absolutely screaming to high heaven with these horrible nightmares and sometimes also he would just explode in like a white hot rage like it was this very much two different sides of him which we're going to see play out a little bit here. Now his mother, Isabella Durant, she is a constant as far as the, the trial is concerned. She's got this weirdly jovial presence. In the in the book, they compared it to her hosting a garden party. And That's the press a said, little creepy. Yeah. You want to hear more creepy? Yes. yes. The press said she kissed her son lingerly, which I think means lingeringly.
0: Mm. gross gross mm. and she shades of legged in- diamonds girlfriend maybe it was just a thing back in those days <laughs> yeah.
1: she held his hand and brought him lapel flowers and then there, there were other flowers being brought too there were lots and lots of girls and women who were showing up to court and sending him love letters just mailbag after mailbag one of them. Honey, why uh, don't you
0: sit down and read your mail while your mommy gives you a hand job? <laughs> <laughs>
1: One of them became so well known for, okay, I couldn't decipher if whether she sent him sweet peas or she just always held a bunch of sweet peas uh, kind of to, to show her love for him. She became known as the sweet pea girl and detectives tracked her down because they wondered if she had something to do with the case or could give them any information. They eventually found her to be Mrs. Rosalind Holland Bowers of Oakland. And very soon after they tracked her down, she left her husband. Uh, she was called. One female reporter actually uh, sat next to her and had some conversation with her and called her, "quote, a poor, limp, tear-stained, hysterical, perverted little simpleton."
0: I've had my dick called that on occasion. <laughs>
1: Jesus. <laughs> now, another place in the in, in SF Gate, I found a reference to, and here's the quote an oakland man said his wife demanded that he read her the transcript of the trial every day which took hours after he finally went on strike and began reading her only the summary he returned from an outing to find half his furniture gone and a note from his wife saying she was quote dissatisfied with her home and wanted a change end quote and i think they're the same
2: person
0: <laughs> women are kind of crazy for serial killers
2: no, crazy women are crazy for serial killers. Yeah.
0: You don't hear too much about it from the man side of things, though. You never hear, like, you know, like, the men going all hotsy-totsy for the poisoner. I, well, think, I, the, I think the a closest of- thing that men do, like, men will do a thing where it's, like, whenever you find, like, a teacher who has molested their, their like, student, like, oh, here's this 28-year-old school teacher And she slept with her eight year old student and all the men will always go, "Ah, I wish I would have had a teacher like that whenever I was that age. No, that's she's a
2: rapist. Yeah, that's sick. No, but I disagree with you, Scott, because think of how many black widows we've had where they get married and kill their husbands over and over and over again. So, yes, men still go for that. And that people talk true. about it. Like, it's not like nobody knows they're black
1: widows. Everybody's like, stop, don't marry her. You're going to be gone in a month. And they're like, but I like
2: it. That's some good pussy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've had so... some bad relationships.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think we're all a little jaded.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Especially after 61 episodes of this. <laughs> <laughs> The prosecution does manage to sneak in a reference to Minnie Williams' body, even though that wasn't really supposed to be brought up. You know, they did the little, I think I might actually be stealing somebody's joke from last week cough, cough, Minnie Williams, cough, cough.
0: It's okay. Just so long as it gets out there, I don't mind.
2: Okay. <laughs> Scott said it first. <laughs> we don't have a uh, proof.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. No, remember, my side of the conversation recorded. You guys were digitized. We have total that, proof, and I'm going to go, I'm going to go to court now.
1: <laughs> Speaking of court, the jury got to take a field trip to the church, which, as you can imagine, was mobbed by the nosy Nellies. And a patrolman actually made a scale model of the church for the uh, for the prosecution. That was eleven feet tall, and there are pictures of this thing. It's quite it's quite tall.
0: And this is where Barbie is going to live after the court case and Ken is going to live down here in the basement and then all my Transformers are going to pray down here.
1: (laughs) So... Theo has his own timeline for what happened that day that, that runs afoul of the timeline that's been established by all these tons of witnesses. He says, I was at a lecture from 3.30 to 4.15, and after that, I did go to the church to fix the burners. I saw George King at 5, and, you know, I was all woo out of it from all the gas. And the witness just blew that up they really just absolutely they were like no nah, i saw him i saw him also i saw him and oh i, I saw him it was very much uh you know i am i am spartacus situation <laughs> so that speaking of being blown up the gas story is also blown up uh the prosecution brought in expert testimony that, uh, contrary to durant's account that he was pale and shaky Uh, And also the account from George King, uh, from the gas, they said, no, if he encountered as much gas as he says he did, or even, you know, like amounts smaller than that, he wouldn't be pale and shaky. He'd be red and dead. So um, uh, even George King, who really was behind Theo all this time, said... Uh, now that I think about it, you and I went upstairs after he came came down all shaky, and I didn't smell any gas at all. So lots of holes being poked here. The defense does try several little tricks. They bring in basically false witnesses. They just like pay people to come in and say, "I didn't see him on the on the." the I just blanked. What's the a streetcar? I didn't see him on the streetcar. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I didn't see him on the streetcar. I saw him 40 miles away or, you know, just some shit. But those witnesses get torn apart. Uh, They tried to. okay. so there's this pawnbroker who testifies about Theo trying to pawn one of Blanche's rings. If you remember, those three rings were sent to her aunt the day that Minnie's body was found. Uh, So Theo had actually tried to pawn one of them. And uh, so, basically, what the defense does is they gather up a bunch of his uh, his friends, and they say, "Here, here's some little trinkets. You take these to the pawnbroker, and t- pawn them off, or try to." And essentially what they were trying to do is they, they bring all of these guys up on the stand to, to, to say, I pawned something at Mr. Pawnbroker's," And so, you know, everybody comes up and does this. And then they bring the pawnbroker up basically to test his memory because they were like, it was one guy, one measly little ring like months ago. How would he remember that? And basically what happens is the pawnbroker is able to identify uh, and recall every single man that – testified that came in and brought something. The defense also <laughs> tries to trick Aunt Trifina and Blanche's little sister Maud on the stand, which is that's that's it's low enough hiring false witnesses, but that's pretty damn low. So it doesn't work. Um and that's during their their cross-examinations and then it's their turn to bring up witnesses and everything and they tried to throw suspicion at the reverend who Let's face it, was kind of suspicious with this whole, oh, I don't think it was a sudden death when there's a murder victim with stab holes in her body and tries not to let have his congregation know anything about it. So he, there were some other points of suspicion on him, a couple of things that were found in his office, but everything could be pretty easily explained away. Um, and they try to the defense tries to poke holes in the prosecution's case. Now, this does not go Well. They call in all of his classmates who would have been at the lecture with him and they say, uh, did you see him in class? And every single one says no. They say, did you sign him in for class? And every single one of them says no. Uh, even though he is marked as present on the attendance register. The thing about that is, is that the teaching assistant who took the attendance had put it in the wrong column or made some similar mistake. And so had to erase all that and, and transpose it to another column. And so it wasn't technically the original. So that really couldn't be counted on anyhow. And so, yeah, I don't know why they would bring all these people onto the stand without knowing whether or not they're going to say no. (sighs)
0: Just because? Why not? We're gonna kill some time.
2: You yeah. spent two days listening to the kid read his journal. Like, why not? Let's just fuck around. <laughs> can, I, can I make sure that we
1: clarify that the kid was not reading his journal? It was a defense attorney reading newspaper clippings. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I said what okay. I said. I <laughs> just want to make sure it's clear.
2: <laughs> that, in the, my head, in no, it's, no, In my head, they're still just reading his journal because it's yeah. funnier that way. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: can be whatever you want in your head. That's fine. <laughs> and one of his classmates even says yeah durant actually borrowed my notes from that particular lecture and the thing is is that everybody goes to durant for his notes he's renowned for his his note taking ability okay then we have one man who had come forward and said, no, it wasn't Theo that pawned the ring. I tried to pawn that ring. He comes, he takes the stand, and then he proceeds to, first of all, he, he shaved his mustache, which resembled Durant's rather you know, distinctive mustache. So he looks a lot less like him. So it would be much harder to mistake one for the other. And then he proceeds to basically testify to the exact opposite of every single thing he had told the defense before.
0: Is your name? No, no it's not. <laughs> right? No. Exactly. I don't know what
2: you're talking about.
0: <laughs> My name's Elmer Fudd Gantry.
1: So that basically gave Theo's uh, defense attorney Eugene Dupree it, it just gave him a stroke. I'm not kidding. It gave him that moment when the guy came who had come forward and said I pawned the shit Came up to the stand and said, No, I didn't pawn the shit. And by the way, I shaved. He had a stroke. Just like he had.
0: Yeah, uh, for, for the defense, Your Honor, I submit and just right there.
1: <laughs> now he didn't die, but he did have slurred speech, and he was so sick that he basically abandoned ship entirely until closing statements. And they told everybody it was rheumatism, but it was not not looking good. Rheumatism Durant, of the brain. Yes, exactly. Durant does take the stand. Damn it, don't um, do that, Durant. I know, but I love it when they do, you know? He's basically really vague, and, and this is the way he, he, he talks to journalists. This is the way he, you know, he says his final statements and everything. He's very vague and not really clear and just seems to be kind of fuzzy on things. And uh, so it does go well on direct, of course. And the interesting thing here is that jurors could ask questions in, in California without any objections possible from either the prosecution or the defense. So that's fascinating to me. Okay. I that's <laughs> to say about that last week. Apparently, apparently it's old news now. What,
0: what did I say last week? remind me
1: just that you would love to be on the stand asking questions and you would ask ridiculous shit
0: oh yeah
1: so please, poor scott
0: i yeah essentially <laughs> essentially that's what i would do uh, your your honor uh, i i i i would like to ask him why he thinks the sky is blue um and then he, of course he'd give like some sort of weird answer Well, you know it just is i don't know why the sky is blue well the answer your your honor is if it was green, we wouldn't know where to stop mowing. This man is guilty.
1: See, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it does go well, uh, even with the jurors asking questions. But on cross-examination, again, he gets torn apart, and it's two days of cross-examination. So that had to be brutal. Now, the closing arguments... The assistant district attorney, uh, in his argument, he compares Durant to uh, lots of historical madmen, including Gilles Rais, who we have an episode on. He was a, a knight who killed lots of people uh, and said the motive was unbridled passion. We finally get a return from defense attorney Eugene Dupree. He's now in a wheelchair and he basically they were expecting a lot like like really this unbelievable closing argument from him that would just leave all the jurors in tears. And, you know, he that, that, that's something that they would really were expecting as, as a counter, you know, to counteract the, the district attorney and prosecution. He just basically, he's, he has so little energy and he's probably so tired. He's just like, well, all right, look, the evidence is all circumstantial. We can all agree on that, right? Circumstantial, circumstantial. Yes. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Uh, also, if you come back with a guilty verdict, it'll suck for his family. So you probably shouldn't do that. And done. Bye.
2: His mommy will be sad. Oh, the
0: family. The family. <laughs> Won't you think of the family? Yes, two people are dead and they'll be taken away from their family for the rest of uh, what would have been their natural lives. But what's done and done? Do we really have to? Uh, do we have to hurt another family? The He's such a
2: good boy. He's Do you see a good boy. His
0: mother gives him hand jobs so often. Look at how much she loves him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time for the jury to deliberate, and I would love for you guys to guess how long the
2: deliberation lasts. Okay, so I am going to guess twenty minutes, and they come up with death by hanging. I'm
0: going to say death by gas chamber. Just because it was kind of new and sounds kind of fun and happy.
2: It sounds so fun. It
0: does. Oh, you're going to breathe in and it'll be very, very painful and your lungs will fill with blood and you'll die. Merry Christmas. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to say three hours.
1: Five minutes. Five minutes. But technically, Amber is correct because after those five minutes... One of them was like, we can't go back out there this soon. Guys, it's the same thing that is playing out that we've imagined in past cases when they're like, they were only deliberated for 30 minutes. We were like, yeah, they probably were like five and then let's take a long lunch.
2: Yeah, like they're busting even hit the seat. And they're just like, everybody, yeah, okay. All right, let's go to the vending machine.
0: You know what? Yes. I, we're done with this and everything. and But we need to make it look good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order a pizza. You guys want to get a pizza? And uh, you know what? That hand job that the mother was giving the son out there looked pretty fun. How about I get one of those?
1: (laughs) Instead of a pizza and a hand job, they did the uh, 1895 version and smoked cigar. Yeah, pizza and a hand job sounds
2: way better. Yeah,
0: it does. That I'm gonna request that from my next uh, in the little special response thing the next time I order from Papa John's.
2: Like I kind of currently want pizza and a hand job. I'm not gonna lie to anybody. Uh, what,
0: there's nothing wrong with wanting pizza and a hand job. I would love pizza and a hand job.
2: Damn okay.
1: right. <laughs> New <laughs> drinking game drink every time they say pizza and a hand job. <laughs>
0: You're going to get drunk really quick.
2: Oh, uh, now I just want a hand job. Fuck pizza.
1: <laughs> no,
0: I'm always up for pizza. And- Anyhow,
2: so
1: Amber is correct. It was a full 20 minutes of deliberation. Woo! And she- Also correct on both the verdict and the sentence, guilty, sentence to hang. Boom. So in the time time between the verdict and the hanging, there's lots of appeals and everything going on. So there is lots of time for people to come up with theories. Now, we're going to go through some of these. Uh, One theory is that in medical school, when he had to examine cadavers, it kind of turned him on and that kind of sent him down a dark road. There's another theory that he's a Jekyll and Hyde type, which he was even brought up in the in the prosecution's closing arguments. You know, they they basically said, you know, look at how calm he is. And what he did was in a state of, of unbridled passion. He's clearly a man who has that Jekyll and Hyde personality thing going on. Um, another theory is that these murders were actually uh, attempted medical exams gone horrifyingly wrong. But Worst gyno visit ever. And that's the thing is, one young lady uh, came forward and said, "Well, I was I was friends with Theo, and I actually used to talk to him about my gyne- gynecological problems because you know he was in med school, and we would pass notes about my gynecological problems in church, as one does."
0: My vagina smells like skittles and fish. What's wrong?
1: Oh god. <laughs> oh lord. And why? He... <laughs> I just He's... made Amber
0: horrified.
2: No, you I just you just made me not want pizza and a hand job. <laughs> How? <laughs> Miracles, they can happen. It's almost like I can, I can now smell like Skittles and fish. And I'm like, what happened? How? It, it should not be in my face. I'm
0: having a stroke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and
0: not the Theo- kind I wanted from the pizza and handjob, the bad kind.
1: Theo had offered <laughs> to give this young lady a gyne- gynecological exam and said he had the perfect spot for it. and guesses? guessed The vagina. The library. (laughs) The church library, yes. You wanted to do that in the church library. Another theory, uh, and this
2: is the one that I... uh, Hold on. Hold on. Time out. Okay. So, like, I understand that this is a different time, but, like, I honestly cannot imagine any woman taking up somebody who is not a doctor on giving them a gynecological exam in a library. Like in a church, in a church, a church a library. Church. Like, I, I just, I, I can't wrap my head around like how that's even an offer. Like, how do you bring that into conversation? Like, you know yeah. what? I read an anatomy book and I'd like to see if I can find your clitoris in the church library. Well, that's
0: not where like, it's at. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: it I, know guys,
0: I know some guys have trouble finding the clitoris, but I can tell you it's not in the church library.
1: No, it is certainly not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hers wasn't anyhow, because she denied him that. uh, that Good girl. Good girl.
0: Good work. Nice.
1: Yes. There's also a theory that he is a budding but very inept uh, serial killer. He had taken trophies, they had the rings and the pocketbook, so that kind of backed up that theory. But then again, he also tried to pawn one of the rings, and then when that didn't work, sent the rings back to Trifina. So I don't think that one really entirely holds up. Now, the theory I go for uh, is that He took Blanche into the church. He tried to get a little too friendly with her. Uh, When she said no, he turned violent. And then strangled her. uh, Felt regret afterwards, which shows very much in the way he laid her out in in the gallery. uh, Very, uh, almost in a sick way. Kind of lovingly or reverently. Uh, uh, That word being used very uh, in in context. (laughs) (laughs) And many suspected... That he was behind it. That she she knew that he was kind of a shady character. She knew that he wasn't everything that everybody said he was, and she confronted him, and that infuriated him. And that's why you know she got a different treatment than than Blanche did. And there was also to back this up, uh, one of Minnie's friends came forward and said, Minnie told me, "quote I know too much about the disappearance of Blanche." end quote, but never really elaborated on it, which, come on! Dude, give up <laughs> I know the I details. You them here, but come on, yeah, details.
0: You'll tell us all about your, your church library gynecological exam, but you're not going to give us something important like this?
2: Yeah, like, that's weird, weird. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that. It's not about me. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's probably what happened. So all of his appeals failed. There was no hope of a stay of execution from the governor. So uh, in the final days leading up to his hanging on January 7th, 1898, Isabel actually spent uh, his final days with him in the cell. He had a few requests uh, among them were that the rope being used for the hanging, he wanted it destroyed immediately afterwards because he didn't want anybody taking it as a possible souvenir because people are, just weird, absolutely yeah, just <laughs> gruesome, gruesome beings. What's what's wrong with a t-shirt?
0: <laughs> Do you yeah, have right? to have the rope? Just the t-shirt that says, I, I saw Theo Durant hanged and all I got was this lousy t-shirt.
2: Something oh my god, like could that. you imagine if they had like t-shirt cannons back then?
0: Oh, <laughs> oh my god. no, that could be like like execution. That could be the method of execution. Just like a t-shirt cannon pumped all the way up to eleven then shoves a t-shirt right through the fucking torso. Just, <laughs>
1: <poof>. <laughs> he also didn't want anybody seeing his face uh, after the hanging and had a couple other requests. Uh, he did have, uh, keep in mind, he went to Emmanuel Baptist Church. He had an uh, execution day conversion to Catholicism on his very last day. He had the... A priest come, and they did the the baptism, confirmation. Uh, He received penance and the Holy Eucharist, and he got the death rites. Just
2: bam, 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 bam. One, two, three, four, five, and done. Okay, check it off the list. Bye. But you know what? (laughs) That is genius, because when you are baptized as a Catholic, it absolves you of your sins. So even if he didn't believe, he just bought himself a ticket to heaven.
1: Oh, yes. Very true. Yeah, very... uh (laughs) Very smart getting that ticket to heaven. <clears throat> um, and this was all right after a, a, a hearty breakfast of steak, ham, eggs, potatoes, toast, and tea.
0: I found out something interesting in, in this whole thing. The, the last meal, the last meal is not a, an act of compassion for the, uh, for the criminal. What it is, it's a bribe so that the ghost of the criminal does not haunt the executioner.
1: We got smart executioners. We had smart killers. Man, everybody's really thinking. <laughs> Taps forehead. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, he does say to the priest when the priest wants his final confession, confessions. I will not confess the murders because I am not guilty. Uh, and he was, as we see almost all the time, except for those explosions of rage and screaming from nightmares uh, and also murders. Uh, very calm. There were 200 spectators there who had been invited. His parents were there. His father shook his hand. His mother gave him what is called, get ready to be grossed out, a passionate kiss.
2: This is so gross. Why does the mother keep shoving her tongue in the son's mouth? I know. (laughs) I
0: think we found out why this guy is a little nutty.
2: <laughs> well,
1: remember Hans Schmidt had the same mother issues going on, so you know, or very similar. Uh, so uh, I think the 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 mother issues somehow I can't quite find the connection. I'm missing a link here. But I the feel mother like- issues and the chicken blood are somehow
2: related. Yeah. I feel like they breastfed until they were twelve and then went straight into motorboating their moms. <laughs> oh god oh jesus christ oh mommy i need some titty <laughs>
1: so the hangman had actually been drinking all morning as i would imagine you would probably have to to do that job i would have to i would i, I wouldn't do that job so there we There we go i'm just gonna call myself a hangman from now on <laughs> well what do you mean i've been drinking all morning of course i've been drinking all morning i'm the hangman you
0: call myself, that's my I- job I'm the hangman and I'm a hungman. I'm going to do this pantsless. <laughs>
1: Boom. Hey, Mrs. Because... Durant,
0: could you come over here and make me look a little bit more impressive if you're doing know what I mean, I what you were doing with your son.
1: <laughs> he does give a speech uh, prior to his hanging. Uh, he he requests that the, you know a moment from the hangman first the hangman puts the noose over his neck and he's like you know he's like can you hang on a moment hangman and the hangman's like well the noose is there and he's like okay well let me talk for a minute at least so he stands there with a the noose around his neck and gives this speech basically it says you know he he says he didn't have any ill will against anyone even though many people had done him wrong he proclaims his innocence again stops for a breath Probably wasn't quite done yet. These weren't meant to be his final words because um, they weren't really of huge import. It wasn't of any shock or, or, or you know, like any. It wasn't the way you'd want to go out, I guess. Um, the hangman basically like popped that hood right on top of him. They opened the trap door and boom, he's dead. Wait a minute. Wait. <clears throat> now, here are some interesting things here from two people you would not expect these kind of revelations hangman said look i've done like dozens of executions and this is the very first time that the executed didn't so much as quiver an eyelash before i did the deed which may have been because he didn't actually give him a chance
2: (laughs) no i think it's more that he was just so relieved he would never have to tongue kiss his mom again (laughs) maybe that yeah Uh, i
1: don't care whether
0: this guy's innocent or guilty he's guilty of something that's creepy and he's gonna die (laughs)
1: And the hangman, actually, he did wonder whether Durant might actually be innocent after the hanging. He, he kind of had some, you know, some, some moments of like, eh, did I do that thing? And from a, one of his guards on death row, uh, here is a quote. All through the case, I believed Durant to be guilty and thought he would break down at the last. But the coolness he displayed on the gallows and the speech he made declaring his innocence barely made me tremble. See, that makes
0: me think maybe this guy was innocent. Just maybe?
1: I know. So, it's, it's hard because you have... S- everything is circumstantial. You know, these people's opinions are circumstantial. Witness accounts, we we know witness testimony can be highly unreliable because our brains lie to us and our memories can be can be very, very fallible. And, you know, and then people... People, tons of people say that, you know, as soon as a serial killer comes out, they're like, oh, yeah, I saw him here. I saw him there. He you know, that was the guy that tried to kill me. And so many of them, you know, the, we have like specific accounts of where the killer was at certain times. It's like you were across the country. What do you mean? He tried to strangle you in Pennsylvania. He was in California. I, <sighs> Unless he was astral projecting. I don't think so, Missy.
0: I do like what they always say whenever. Oh, he seemed so normal. Well, yeah, that's why he didn't get caught.
2: At first. Yeah, he seemed, <laughs> yeah, we, he seemed we, we, very yeah, normal.
0: We. I like to think if like, he would come home talking to the devil in the air, covered in blood every night, that somebody would have said something.
1: One would hope. <clears throat> So, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's guilty because you have so much evidence. You have multiple people seeing the, not just him but the girls and then walking into the church. Uh, you have George King whose who's testimony as far as his identity can't be very unreliable. You know, he's right there in the church and, you know, says he came down pale and shaking. And then a body is found up there later. You know, one would think after you murdered somebody in a fit of rage, you'd probably be pale and shaking. So, yeah, I, I do think... Like, I'm like 99.9% on he did it. And there's that one tiny little itty bitty whisper, faint, faint whisper of doubt that, you know, wonders about people who proclaim their innocence to the very end, because at the very end, what do you have to lose? You're literally going to lose your life. I'm going to go. Your your reputation, I I suppose. I'm going
0: to go 82%. I'm 82% sure he's guilty. There's just something in the back of my head that's lingering. You're too
2: low probably no. okay so he he went up there and and didn't bat an eyelash because he knew he fucking did it but he also knew that he was going to go to heaven because of his little catholic loophole that he found like people that didn't do it are going to be like in tears with snot down their face like i swear i didn't do it until their last breath because they didn't do it this guy's like yeah all right fine catholic yeah, i know loophole that's how i would be so like
0: something a pedophile priest would say
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus
2: Christ! Oh, on uh, I guess. Where do you think attended. he learned it? <laughs> so uh,
1: they set up. This is kind of grim um, and weird. They set up an audience chamber uh, and they, they put him in his casket. At first, they tried to put him in the standard pine box, but his dad was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! We bought him a nice casket from California Casket Company." So uh, you're. Gonna I put like him in to
0: think back. that. I like to think. The California Casket Company said, look, this is getting a lot of media attention. If you could say, whoa, 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 I got a nice casket, and then look right at the cameras and smile and say, (laughs) California Casket Company. I like to think that's exactly, we'll give you the casket for free. Don't worry. But
2: (laughs) But remember, all over the paper.
1: (laughs) Are you getting the reference? Who owned California Casket Company?
0: The CCC?
1: Yeah, who owned the CCC. Who? Minnie's employer that oh. she called grandfather. Oh shit, Mr. I Clark. forgot about that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I I'm, I'm pulling that one out from last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um they have him in there for his parents to, to come and see. Isabella throws herself on the casket, weeping and crying out for her boy. Eventually she does calm down. And look, I'm not making fun of a mother's love and loss at all. I, I, it sounded very flippant the way I said it. I'm sure that she was absolutely grief-stricken and heartbroken, and we'll see that in her, her actions to come, what, what little we get. But at the same time, we also see some weird shit from her, so I just don't know what to think of this woman, or I do but whatever straddling um, the
0: casket rubbing a crotch against the corn buckle on the side yeah it's a bit weird practically
1: one and last then, hand job for the road son they bring in uh a table uh, and set it near the t- casket and offer some some refreshments something to you know like you, you you don't want people fainting so they're like here's some tea and some cold cuts so <laughs> here's Isabella uh, and, and Mr. Durant sitting near the casket, eating their tea and cold cuts. And Isabella is overheard to say, "Papa, give me more of the roast."
0: I like to think I mean, that they laid it out on top of the casket, like it was a casket slash buffet. <laughs> nice.
2: well, like, have have you seen that? Like, they actually do that in in California. Um, sometimes they have n- nude models come and be the buffet table. And the food is just on top of them and you eat the food off the naked people until they're completely nude.
0: That's fantastic. How did you catch herpes?
2: Cold cuts. <laughs> well, no, they put a leaf over that bit, just in case. <laughs> but um, so like that's what I'm picturing. That'd be even dead worse. naked body just covered in
0: cold cuts. That would be <laughs> even worse. Catching a herpes off of a salad. <laughs>
2: Amber, your brain is a terrifying place. No, like, it's not a leaf you eat. It's just like a big leaf to cover his bits and protect the food. I would like to think more to protect the food than the bits, but whatever. Like a a Garden of Eden leaf.
0: I cut a slice of roast beef off a little bit too deep. Now I'm a cannibal. Can't take that No,
2: No, you don't cut it off the bodies. Jesus. (laughs) Not a carving station. (laughs) He took that the whole wrong direction.
1: (laughs) Jeez, you two as a team managed to really come up with some sick shit. So no local mortuary would take his body. They actually had to call around or telegraph around i'm not really sure for six days to find somebody and finally they managed to get it to la during that time they just keep the body at their house Uh, as far as i'm aware it's that that seemed to be what was implied and isabella keeps vigil with it for those entire six days and it's said that she talked to it every hour of the day just sitting there talking to her dead executed son's body that's so creepy so an yeah, in 1899, the assistant district attorney publishes a book about the case and some stuff comes out that didn't come out in the trial because remember, many stuff, stuff about Minnie could not be brought up. So this stuff can become more public knowledge now. Um they they had a whole theory as to Minnie's death and this is pretty rough. They suspected that Durant had uh, raped Minnie and gagged her to keep her screams from being heard. Then he choked her and left her in the closet. Uh, basically, what he was going to do was he was going to come back later, uh, put her you know, up in the gallery with Blanche. And he, of course, thought she was dead. But keep in mind, we have the stabbing. We have the blood. We have the footprint. All those things happened. Um, and she, the theory goes that she wasn't actually dead when he comes back later. Also, to review... He arrived late to a party after he had been seen going into the church and re- leaving alone, uh, going to the church with Minnie and leaving alone. He arrived late to the party, and then after the party, he returned to the church. So that's why this fits in with this timeline. He returns to the church, and she was actually alive and trying to escape. So that's when he stabbed her and then also uh, committed necrophilia. So
0: gross. Yeah, If you're going for murder, you might as well, you know, make it the Satan's triple play.
1: <laughs> jesus well that's a good name for it yeah uh and then the there's a book in 1910 called celebrated criminal cases of america by thomas samuel duke and uh this is uh, this was on the historical detective site if, if memory serves and uh the quote from this is the author has a photograph taken of durant at a picnic when he was only 16 years of age and the position in which he posed proves conclusively that he he was a degenerate, even as a child. Look at the way he has
0: his hand on his lap, fucker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Theo's sister, Maude. Uh, if you recall, she had moved to Germany the year that the, all of this happened uh, to to study music. And there are some theories that go that he, because they were so close, he ended up going off the, the the good path and and going so absolutely just mad because he didn't have her to keep him steady. So that was one potential theory. Well, she was so upset after his hanging, she completely gave up piano. She changed her name uh, to Maud Allen, uh, possibly so as not to have that connection there. She would eventually become a professional dancer. She published her memoir. She acted in a film, and then court came again for a Durant sibling. Now she had done a production that was loosely based on Oscar Wilde's play Salome, and in 1918, uh, the journal Vigilante, which was run by a, a member of Parliament, uh, published an article uh, against her. It was called "You Guys Ready for This?" I'm ready. Ready? The Cult of the Clitoris. <laughs> Literally Look in the library. titled that. Look in the library.
0: That's all I got to say.
1: And this was, this was 1918.
2: <laughs> like, wow. We we're still just getting past the part where a lady's ankle was acceptable to see in public. <laughs> but I thought we just discussed that you'll never find the clitoris in the library.
0: I know, but if it's a cult, that's what they're going to believe. They're going to believe some goofy shit like the clitoris is always in the library. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Basically, this article implied that she was a lesbian, and she was working with the Germans. Which, keep in mind, 1918, World War One. So uh, that was uh, that was something that she could sue for libel for, and she proceeded to do so. Uh, in, in in then the state proceeded to bring obscenity charges up against her and uh, the, the the Salome production, and she was accused of tons and tons of obscene acts, uh, including necrophilia, and then. Somehow accusing her of necrophilia wasn't the nail in the coffin. The nail in the coffin of her her career there was them bringing up Theo's crimes and making the connection to who her brother was. She lost the libel case. She retired from public life. She would proceed to spend uh, the rest of her life living with her partner, Verna Aldrich. So they weren't off on the lesbian thing, but bad form to out somebody, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nazi lesbians on the loose. (laughs)
1: and uh, she also taught dance until her death in Los Angeles she ended up moving back to California in 1956 at the age of 83 so that is uh, the tale of Theo Durant and his poor victims uh, Minnie and Blanche and his sister who ended up getting some fallout probably long after she thought that this was all past
2: yeah
0: (laughs) I feel sorry for the sister Um,
2: Yeah, I do, too. But, I mean, she also might have been messed up from the weird, creepy mommy, too. uh, Uh, From all the stories we
1: have, I mean, the mommy was close to both of the children, but the the weird stories we have tend to involve Theo. So, who knows? Maybe seeing it could have messed her up? I don't know. But, I mean, we're certainly not implying that any of that childhood stuff made her a lesbian. That's stupid. Um, I just want to make sure that that weird implication isn't out there. But, kind of... I I think what really... I mean, she, she quit her entire life's path and went in an entirely, not entirely different direction, but quite a different direction with, you know, when, when he was hanged, her brother that she was very close to died. And that, you know, in quite a brutal fashion for murders that she then had to think about for the rest of her life. You know, it's kind of like, what do you do with yourself? I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel for her. Uh, simply because I, I'm fairly certain that one of my family members is going to be caught eventually being a serial killer. And I don't want to go through what she did.
1: That's fair. Yeah. That's got to be rough when it happens to somebody in your family. It's, it has to be very, very difficult um, to process that, uh, especially if, you know, Scott, you seem to have had the suspicion for quite a while. She probably, this probably absolutely blindsided her.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've... I, I've I've made no secret that I have a suspicion uh, that one of my one of my relatives is a serial killer because I I've made the joke they're going to say whenever he's caught they're going to say why didn't you tell anyone and I'll go I told everyone <laughs> listen to the podcast. <laughs> I told I everyone. I told everyone. I told everyone that fucker is creepy and I'm fairly certain. Like I used to watch this guy as a kid, he would practice emotions in the mirror. Oh my. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I'm fairly certain. I'm fairly yeah. certain.
1: Okay, I have to ask. This is kind of a this is kind of a sad dark question, okay. but which do you think is worse? Okay, if it were one of your siblings that you loved, Um, and somebody you'd grown up with, you were very close with, uh, and they were accused, found guilty, and hanged for being a murderer. If that happened, which do you think is worse? Believing that they were innocent the whole time and believing that staunchly and believing that that this person was wronged by the justice system and by everybody that they they knew, or coming to accept eventually that somebody you love did something like that?
0: I would say believing that they were innocent—it's—it's it's yeah, that yeah. false hope, you know that that false hope is would be rough, would be.
2: Very, I agree, very and then and then you're able, like especially with that false hope, you're able to place the blame on other people, such as like the jurors, the justice yeah. system, the lawyers. You can blame people that weren't your sibling because you don't believe your sibling did any wrong.
1: Yeah, that's very true. And you probably have a lot of very dark feelings towards those those people and a lot of uh untempered rage that doesn't have any sort of an outlet. Yeah. That's yeah. gonna be rough one way or the other sucks to to have uh and it sucks to be the families of, you know, these these poor women that had plenty of Promise and you know one was one was quite the firecracker. The other one was you know well loved by everyone. It was going to be a teacher, and then we you know we have the, these these young lives cut short. And wh- whoever did it, I mean, like I said, I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure on Theo. The narrative seems set up pretty well, but then again, there's lots of things that seem set up pretty well as narratives that we can eventually poke holes in. So yeah, whoever did it, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and put out a really controversial opinion. Sucks.
0: <laughs> Wait to take a stand, Christy.
1: I know, right? I'm brave. I'm very brave. Mm-hmm. You are brave.
0: <laughs> Give yourself Hooray, a nice hope. quarantined pat on the back.
1: I absolutely will from six feet away from myself. <laughs> and um, wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess what are we doing this weekend, guys? Nothing.
2: <laughs> Same.
1: Um
0: I think I'm going to go to Sheets tonight.
2: To get Pete Man a job.
0: A pizza and a hand job.
2: <laughs> sheets of pizza.
0: Sheets of pizza. Sheets of hand job.
2: So, but jo- I I job is spelled
0: to... with a Z somehow.
2: Wait, do you think like the, the hookers are like wearing gloves now?
0: You know what? I haven't been on like the hooker websites for quite a while. Um,
2: like- I feel like if you went and got a hand job from a hooker, she'd have rubber gloves on right now.
0: I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to one of the uh, one of the hooker uh, Johnstown websites <laughs> right now. It's just
2: got to a car wash. Uh, <laughs> just do a drive by and see if they're wearing gloves.
0: The, no, it, it was hilarious for a while because there are these two sisters that are advertising their services, but they've been stealing from people, and one guy has like become like a Batman vigilante on this website. <laughs> where they'll post an ad, and minutes later, he posts the same ad, but, but warning people about them. <laughs> and this has been going on for months. And yeah, right now, it looks like they're the only ge- legitimate providers in our town. And uh, I wouldn't touch these two women with a 10-foot pole. They look fucking diseased. And- okay, so
2: right, so we, we've learned you cannot get a haircut and you should not get a hand job. You should
0: right not now. get a hand job. You shouldn't pay for a hand job right now. If you're quarantined with somebody who's who's giving you hand jobs, hey, all the better for you. Just so long as you know two consenting adults, whatever. Uh, but yeah, right now, yeah, it's still going on. There's the ad, and there's the ad. <laughs> Be careful with this provider. I was robbed upon meeting them. I was definitely set up other providers have here have informed me that their clients experienced similar incidents with them i only met them once for five minutes before they robbed me i do not know them personally but i do know i work hard for every dollar i have and i wouldn't waste my time here if i wasn't certain these people were just plain thieves and con artists i hope this advice helps the next guy avoid them and enjoy one of these other lady- lovely ladies here stay safe to the sisters in response to your email, like any other business, I don't appreciate having given you cash and not receiving a service. You're welcome to return my money or provide the service. Otherwise, <laughs> I will continue to inform others of your conduct. That's the part that always gets me. Like, he Do you been, think he
2: asked for butt stuff?
0: He he do you been, think that's what it was? Oh, they've been offering butt stuff. <laughs> they've been offering butt stuff. This guy is like, yeah, I'll take the service, whatever. He does not care. He'll take like an angry hate fuck at this point, other than his money. <laughs> wow. Fucking hilarious.
2: Now that's we, a state of mind. Mm-hmm. We live in a weird time, yeah. We live in a
0: weird city. <laughs> the cops here do heroin. Yeah? Like, yeah. Uh, I've got to tell you this. There is a uh, there's a jewelry store nearby in Evansburg. I'm not going to give the name of the jewelry store, but they have taken a hate filled stance on wearing a mask outside. (laughs) I mean, like like you drive by the jewelry store up in Evansburg. You can see it from Walmart. You can see the place from Walmart in Evansburg. And there's like flashing light. It's a muzzle, not a mask. Why can you go to Walmart and not go to church? Well, perhaps because you know Walmart's giving people food. People need to get through food. You don't need communion to make it through the fucking apocalypse. And it's just, it's glorious. I love it. People are going (laughs) fucking insane. And it's great.
2: Well, I'll definitely agree with the first part of that statement that people are going fucking insane.
0: Oh, um, my God. I will I'm will. Sa- not I do entirely
2: say, sure I'll agree with the second part. I
0: do want to say a huge thank you going out to my buddy Raina for providing me the mask to wear whenever I'm out in public so people don't see my wide grin. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it may protect me from the virus in some small fashion as well. <laughs>
1: Very helpful, very helpful uh, tool you have there. <laughs> so on that note, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media. We are old-timey, crimey on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, go check out our Patreon. Uh, it's uh, You get uh, early access to the episodes at the $10 level. And, um, I mean, the $5 level, I haven't really found a bonus to replace the old tinies that we're currently releasing, you know, pandemic-style out into the world um so but whatever um and also uh i've been thinking about maybe doing a book club so if anybody's interested in a true crime book club once a month read a book maybe uh and then do like a, a video conference call to talk about it uh you it would mostly be me but some pop-ins from uh amber and scott as schedules allow let us know on the social media and uh if you're interested if you just want to do a one-time donation uh in this uh, our, our time of of the everything is crazy uh you can do that uh, by PayPaling us at oldtimeycrimey at gmail.com so yeah i guess that's that's everything from us this week and we're really looking forward to bringing you another uh, crazy case next week so from us here at Old Timey Crimey, stay safe and bye bye
0: bye everyone
1: My sources are The Devil You Know, The Lurid Affair of the Sunday School Strangler by C.J. March, Jason Lucky Morrow of Historical Crime Detective, Find a Grave, Gary Camilla and Katie Dowd, both on sfgate.com and Wikipedia. Smaller than that, he wouldn't be pale and shaky. He'd be red and dead. And, and then even redempted.
0: Jordan,
1: and then redempted, yes. A little something redempted. For our
0: video, red, dead, and redempted. <laughs> There's a video game, people. God damn it. Red dead, redempted. I know Okay.
2: <laughs> it just wasn't that funny, Scott.
0: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna um, quit this podcast and just play Red Dead Redemption and the Chinese knockoff Yellow Feller Endeavor.
1: Oh God! Jesus <laughs> Christ! Please cut that. <laughs> <laughs> I beg you. <laughs>
2: Leave it. <in. laughs>
1: Not so. <laughs> Give us a second. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> whenever whenever one falls, I really bring out the nuclear weapons for the next one.
1: <laughs> Put it in the end credits.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Go. <clears throat>
2: All right.